Welcome, everybody. After a week off last weekend for Christmas, as well as some internal COVID issues in my uh, my family, um, specifically my youngest daughter, um, we are back for week 17. If you can believe that, we are Wagers Ragers. Two friends from the Garden State, the greatest state of New Jersey. I'm in New Jersey. We talk about two of our favorite things, hobbies, I should say, and that is betting on the NFL and electronic dance music. So if you're new to the podcast, um, I am a Jet fan and my compadre, John Donith, is an Eagles fan. And uh, we talk about our respective teams first and the games that they're playing and the teams they're playing against and the point spread and where we think this game is going to fall. And then we get into uh, our second game. So without further ado, John, how are we doing today? Uh, doing great. We're finishing up, you know, the holiday break, holiday vacation, as it were. Um, you know, obviously glad to hear and hope that, you know, everything's going well with your daughter. You know, I'm sure there's a, a lot of people out there right now that are dealing with different things like that. We had a, a similar scare, at least recently. Um, and it just, Listen, it's just something we all have to deal with right now. We're all just doing the best we can. From a football perspective, we're, you know, going at lightning speed towards the end of the year right now. Uh, and my Eagles are right in the thick of it. I never would have guessed earlier in the year when they were playing as bad as they were, that they would be sitting in week 17 with a winning record and a chance to possibly clinch a playoff spot. So, um, Listen, that's one of the things we love about this game. Maybe the more than anything else is that we never really know what's going to happen. So with that in mind, let's tell everybody what we think is going to happen. <laughs> yes. So welcome to week 17. I can't say the same thing about my New York Jets who sit at four and 11. And I actually kind of wish they were three and 12 um, and had lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars last week and could have improved their draft position. But of course, you know, the Jets find new ways to let me down every single week. And they ended up beating the Jaguars last week and, and now sit at four and 11, somewhere in that like four or five uh, draft position. Thankfully, they have the draft pick from the Seattle Seahawks, who are almost equally as bad as the Jets. And so they'll have two top 10 draft picks coming up this spring. So the New York Jets are home this week and they're not playing the Jaguars. Nope. They're playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It is uh, the return of Tom Brady in a new uniform for the first time against the Jets. But he's played the Jets 38 times in his career. Um, and he's 30 and 8, if you can believe that. 30 and 8 against the Jets. Uh, Tampa Bay is looking to improve their playoff position. Right now, they currently sit in fourth position. Uh, Depending on what the teams above them do, I, the, Tampa Bay is definitely going to improve their playoff position by virtue of a win against the New York Jets. Right now, the line sits at 13 and a half. Bucks laying 13 and a half. Over under is 46. Um, last week, the Jets actually ran the ball very well. They rushed for 273 yards last week against uh, Jacksonville. And 
Zach Wilson himself had 91 rushing yards, including an over 50-yard uh, touchdown run, 52-yard touchdown run to be exact. Um, but Tampa Bay right now has the number two rushing defense in the NFL. And uh, the Jets are not going to have the same success that they had last week against a terrible Jacksonville team. So Zach Wilson's going to have to throw the ball. But Tampa Bay is first in offense against the uh, first in offense on the pass and the Jets sit 28th in defense against the pass. And so I think Buccaneers are going to have a field day this week. It looked as if Bruce Arians was not going to be able to coach this team because he was uh, tested positive for COVID, but he just came out of protocol this morning. So he will be on the sidelines against the Jets. Robert Sala is coming back off of uh, having COVID. So Let's look at this Buccaneers defense because their passing offense is fantastic, but their defense last two games, they have not given up a touchdown. They gave up three field goals in that stunning nine zero shutout loss to the saints. And they only gave up two field goals last week to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, and the uh, Buccaneers are also tied for second in the NFL in sacks with 44. So the Tampa Bay defense is playing lights out the last two games. The Jets are just not a good team. But I think what it really is going to come down to is the Buccaneers offense versus the Jet defense. Right here, right now, I'm sorry, right now, Tampa Bay sits second in yards on offense, first in yards uh, in passing. They're kind of in the second half of, the, of uh, the league in rushing yards, but they're second overall in points scored. Where do the Jets sit on defense? They're last in yards uh, allowed. They're 28th in passing yards allowed. They're 30th in rushing yards allowed. And they are dead last in points scored against. So I think the Tampa Bay is going to have a field day. I really don't like laying double digits. But when it comes to the New York Jets, I'm taking Tampa Bay. I'm going to lay the 13 and a half points. And uh, Tampa Bay is going to come out just crushing the Jets. Probably win by three or four touchdowns. So props, what do I like? Well, I just told you, Tom Brady is 30-8 and eight against the Jets. I like Brady to have a field day today. Two good props that I like for Tom Brady, over 278.5 passing yards, minus 115 on DraftKings. And this is where I'm going to go. And uh, I don't think it's really a stretcher going out on a limb here, but Tom Brady over 2.5 touchdown passes. Uh, right now, great odds on DraftKings, plus 150. So I'm taking Tom Brady over 2.5 touchdown passes. And lastly, Antonio Brown, he's going to be his number one receiver today. Even though Mike Evans is playing, I like Antonio Brown over 70 and a half receiving yards, minus 115 on DraftKings. John, what are your thoughts on Jet, Buccaneers, Slaughter, and MetLife? Uh, you're, really, you're probably right here. Um, <clears throat> after the, the Bucks got shut out by the Saints, you know, after, after that, I, I had every reason to believe the Buccaneers were going to come back and destroy Carolina the next week. They did. Um, but on the road at the Jets, I just have a weird feeling that uh, the Jets will play a little bit tighter than that. And that 14 points is a lot to lay. The Buccaneers have covered that point spread several times this year. 
but they've only done it once on the road. It was last week against Carolina. I, I, I kind of lean towards taking the points here. I mean, anytime you can get a, a two touchdown point spread, taking the underdog, you know, you just get a garbage touchdown at the end of the game and you can get the cover. Uh, as far as props go, I, I wanted to take a look at a Braxton Berrios uh, receptions, but I could only find it on one of the two sites. And I think it was over four and a half at minus 180. And I'm just not interested in, in, with that kind of juice. Uh, so instead, I'm taking a look at Keelan Cole, you know, not a great player whatsoever, but he's definitely had an uptick in snaps over the past few weeks with the injuries that the Jets have had. They're expecting to be without Jamison Crowder this week um, again. So Keelan Cole can expect to con see continued uh, increased snaps. His receiving prop on both FanDuel and DraftKings is 33 and a half yards. He has hit that a couple of times this year. He had two catches for 25 yards last week. And, you know, playing along with your theme of if this is a Buccaneers route, uh, I certainly think it's going to be a Buccaneers win. I think it's probably going to be double digits. I oddly enough lean towards taking the Jets at 14 points. But with the game script playing out like that, the Jets are going to have to throw, and if they're going to have to throw, Keelan Cole will probably get a few targets his way, and I could see him going over 33 and a half yards. Yeah, I mean, I see the line just crept up to 14 points. It was 13 and a half when I looked at it earlier this morning, but I'm still taking uh, Tampa Bay. I know that they're a better team at home than they are on the road, but the Jets are just an overall bad team. Right now, Buccaneers are 8-7 and seven against the spread. Jets are almost dead last. The only team that's worse than them against the spread – is the lowly Jacksonville Jaguars, who are 4-11. The Jets right now are 5-10 against the spread. So I'm taking the, the Buccaneers. I'll lay the 14 points. I don't care if it's 15, 16, 17, or 18 points. Jets are going to get destroyed. I'm taking the Buccaneers to win by three touchdowns. John, talk to me about the Eagles. Yes, sir. The Philadelphia Eagles tra travel to Landover, Maryland. Um, well, they already did travel there. They are at Washington, the Washington football team. Eagles coming in at eight and seven, Washington six and nine. Nice. The Eagles with a chance to potentially clinch a playoff spot today with a win over Washington and some other help. You know, they need the Vikings to lose, which side note, you know, that looks pretty good. Kirk Cousins out with COVID because, um, and the line has just done crazy things. The lines and the props have been jumping all over the place just this morning. We're recording on Sunday morning before the games. And the line at one point was down to minus three. It opened at minus four and a half this morning. Eagles giving the points, of course. And the last time I checked it, it jumped to six. So Eagles giving six on the road now. Uh, that would have been great if you could have gotten it at minus three, obviously, or even four and a half. I still like it at minus six. We're still under that touchdown range there that I feel comfortable given the points there. I do think this is an Eagles win. Of course, these two teams played two weeks ago. The Eagles won 27 to 17 in Philadelphia. That was the postponed game where, you know, Washington got ravaged by the COVID positives and players on the COVID list. So the NFL did them a huge favor and postponed the game till the Tuesday of that week. Uh, and the Eagles still came away with the victory, one twenty-seven seventeen. But the you know Washington was playing with a backup quarterback, you know uh, Gilbert. What's eating Gilbert Grape, who who had just been signed, you know shortly before that. Um, but other than the the quarterback situation, uh, Washington had really gotten most of their defensive players back. In particular, Jonathan Allen, one of their best defensive players 
out of, out of Alabama was back for that game, but the Eagles came away with the win. And now the Eagles need this game even more uh, after running up a, another win over the Giants last week and putting themselves in position to clinch a playoff spot. From an injury perspective, like I said before, Washington was able to get a lot of the players that they had on the COVID list a couple of weeks ago back since then. Uh, most importantly, Taylor Heineke is expected to be back for this game uh, and will be manning the quarterback position for Washington. Uh, but they have a couple of big outs right here. The last time I checked, Antonio Gibson is out today. He went on the COVID list late in the week. I believe J.D. McKissick is also out. We're keeping an eye on their young defensive end, Montez Sweat. Uh, he was actually the one who, you know, it was believed anyway, or at least articles had been written, uh, which suggested he might have been the source of the, the, the COVID positives um, in Washington. Different situation this week. He's not on the COVID list. Unfortunately, apparently his brother was killed this week, just a couple of days ago. So he's been away from the team for a few days. Um, we don't know if he's going to play, play or not. Um, and obviously that's something that yeah, it goes without saying. That's, you know, miles beyond football or anything like that. Um, and, you know, certainly, you know, our, our thoughts and, you know, our hearts go out to, to Montez and his family um, in this time of horrible tragedy for them. Um, from the game today, I mean, I guess if you're betting the game, you kind of have to assume he's going to play. It's not an injury situation. Um, if, if, he, if he can, you know, mentally and emotionally play, I think he'll be there. So you have to assume he's going to be there. Curtis Samuel, you know, he's been injured all year long for Washington. He's questionable. We don't know if he's going to play or not. The Eagles are going to be without Miles Sanders. And obviously that's a big deal because the Eagles turned their season around by changing their offensive game plan and running the ball. They're the number one rushing uh, team in football since that you know run began. And it hurts not having Miles Sanders. Luckily, the Eagles do have depth at running back. And the good news today is the latest word from Mike Garofalo or Garofalo uh, is that Jordan Howard is expected to play today. He had a stinger last week, came out of the game against the Giants, and it was unclear if he was going to be able to play this week. It looks like he's going to, so the Eagles will have Jordan Howard and Boston Scott manning the running back position with Kenneth Gainwell behind them. Uh, looking at some trends here, Eagles are 7-1 and one against the spread in their last eight games in January. They've been finishing seasons strong. They're 3-0 and against the spread in their last three games on grass. This game is going to be on grass in Washington. Lastly, the Eagles are 5-1-1 one one against the spread in their last seven against the NFC. They've had trouble with the AFC, but even, you know, the Eagles haven't been a great team in the last two years. They've played the NFC tough. They've now, they're coming into this game hot. They've won three in a row. I will acknowledge that's tempered a little bit by who they've actually played. Again, um, two weeks ago, they beat a Washington team that was had reeling from all the players they had on the COVID list. But before that, they had played the uh, New York Jets, who I, I know you acknowledge, not exactly the Kansas City Chiefs. And then last week, the Eagles beat the New York Giants, who were playing with, you know, Jake from State Farm and, uh, um, Mike Glennon, he uh, also known as Mechanek. So they have not exactly been world beaters, but you can only play who's on your schedule. So they're coming in hot. They're playing well. The game means a ton to them. They're going to have most of their complement back as far as the running backs go. Offensive line has been playing great. Uh, that's why I think this is an Eagles win. That's the way I'm going here. Even at six points, I'm going to give the six. Um, 
and once you crep would creep over a touchdown here, I would give it a second thought. But as of right now, minus six, I say take the Eagles, give the points. They come away with the victory that they need against the Washington team, which is still not quite at full strength. Props. Uh, whenever I'm doing an Eagles game, which is every week, I take a look at Jalen Hurts rushing first and foremost. I've had a general rule here now especially that if it's anything under 45 or even creeping up to the high 40s there i've said to take it because he's hit that prop most weeks last week uh only eight for 38 um so he he didn't hit his rushing pop last week but excuse me let me backtrack he was eight for 38 the last time out against washington so he didn't hit his rushing prop uh, during that game and he barely had to run last week because the the Giants are just not very good so even after two weeks in which Jalen Hurts didn't have a ton of rushing yards he's still averaging over 49 rushing yards a game on the year on FanDuel earlier this morning I got his rushing prop at 43 and a half yards last time I, I checked DraftKings it was up to 48 and a half so run to FanDuel as soon as you hear this see if you can get that rushing prop I would take pretty much anything under um 48 and a half is a little high for me that's probably the mendoza line for this week on jalen hurts rushing if you can get him to get it under 48 and a half anywhere i say take it if you can still get that 43 and a half number on fandle grab it uh, another prop i like other side of the ball taylor heineke for washington his rushing prop on FanDuel, 11 and a half. I think it was 12 and a half yards the last time I checked on DraftKings. 11 and a half, I could easily see Tyler Heineke coming in, playing with his hair on fire and scrambling a couple times, getting that 11 and a half. You know, he's had an up and down year as far as rushing goes, but he's still averaging over 20 yards rushing a game. So give me Taylor Heineke over on 11 and a half. Last one that I'm looking at here, Dallas Goddard, over 50 and a half receiving yards on both DraftKings and FanDuel. He's averaging over 54 yards receiving per game. That's even including, uh, I believe it was a New York Giants game where he really barely played. He got hurt and came out of the game. So even including that game, he this is still below his average. And over the last couple of months, he's been just fantastic. Last time out against Washington, he torched them for over 100 receiving yards. So I'll take that one too. I was looking for a Jordan Howard rushing prop, but the last time I checked, it wasn't up yet. Uh, because probably it's not certain that he's actually in yet. Reports are that he's expected to be in, but it hasn't been confirmed yet. So the betting sites are probably not going to put up a rushing prop for him yet. I saw Boston Scott as low as 41 and a half. That's a little bit too high for me, just because the Eagles mix their backs up so much. The one that I would want to take out of the backs they use would be Jordan Howard, because I expect him to be the closer. That's the way they've used him in recent weeks. So if you could get Jordan Howard around that same number, 40 yards, I would definitely take it. But that's not up yet. So my take on my Eagles this week is that the Eagles win. I'll lay the six. I'll take Jalen Hurts over 43 and a half rushing yards on FanDuel. I'll take Taylor Heineke over 20, excuse me, over 11 and a half rushing yards on FanDuel. And then I'll take Dallas Goddard over 50 and a half receiving yards. So what do you think? You with me? I'm with you all the way on this game. I think uh, I think the Washington football team is a, a team that's just done mentally, done physically. They got completely manhandled by the Cowboys last last week, and I just think that they've just mailed it in, and they're just waiting for the season to end. So I'll take the Eagles. I'll lay those six points. 
would have been nice to get it at that three and a half or four, but I'll still lay, you know, if it's under a touchdown, I'll still lay the six points and take the Eagles. Sneaky prop with the announcement that Jordan Howard is going to play. Um, I like Boston Scott under 41 and a half rushing yards. I'm taking the under on Boston Scott uh, rushing yards. I love the Jalen Hurts over rushing as well as the Dallas Goddard over receiving props, but I'm going to take uh, Boston Scott under 41 and a half rushing yards. Any last thoughts on this game, John? I like your take on the Boston, on the Boston Scott rushing prop with Jordan Howard playing the under is a smart play there a little too close for me because again, like I said before, they mixed their backs up so much. Jordan Howard could play and Boston Scott could hit the 40. It's just that it could kind of go either way for me, 10 to 15 yards either way. So I'm going to stay away, but I like your thought on that. All right. So um, my second game is, uh, and I think both of us are picking um, good games this week with teams that are, that are already in the playoffs or almost, almost in the playoffs, I should say. With uh, respect to my game, both, my, both teams are in the playoffs, and that's the Arizona Cardinals play, uh, going to Dallas and playing the Dallas Cowboys. Right now, the Cowboys sit at 11-4, and four, and the Cardinals are 10-5. and five. Cardinals got in to the playoffs last week, even though they lost, um, and they are coming off three straight losses going into into Dallas. The Cowboys, on the other hand, are winners of four straight. And in fact, Arizona was the last undefeated team at 7-0, and and since then they're they're 3-5. and Um, So they're reeling right now. And the line right now sits at um, Cowboys laying 6.5 points, so it's under a touchdown, and the over-under sits at 51.5. As I indicated earlier, uh, the Washington football team got just absolutely destroyed by Dallas. Dallas beat them 56 to 14 at, while Arizona Cardinals lost 22 to 16 to the Indianapolis Colts. Um, interesting stat, you know, we look at Kyler Murray and we look at him in 2020 and he was averaging 51 rushing yards per game. And this year his rushing total is way down to 29 yards rushing per game. Um, and Honestly, I don't see it getting any better. I know last week he had a really long run, um, but I think he's going to be stymied by the the Cowboys defense this week. Uh, Last year, Arizona beat Dallas 38 to 10, but it was the first game after Dak Prescott's horrific ankle injury uh, last year. In that game, Ezekiel Elliott had two fumbles but since then, he's only had two fumbles in the last 24 games since that game. So ball security is going to be a, a big thing uh, this week for Dallas. Uh, so let's look at stats here. Let's look at the Cardinals defense versus the Cowboys offense. Um, Ca- Cardinals defense, eighth in yards allowed, sixth in passing yards allowed, middle of the pack in rushing, but sixth in points allowed. But on the other side, the Cowboys offense has just been lights out this year. They are first in yards um, yards per game. They are third in passing yards per game, sixth in rushing, and first in points scored at 30 and a half points per game. Their defense has also been fantastic, where they are first in takeaways with 33 takeaways this season. So how do I look at this game? I think it's Cowboys offense versus Cardinals defense, but the Cowboys defense is also pretty good as well. Um, 
the Lions right now sits at six and a half. I'm going to take the Cowboys. I'm going to lay the six and a half points. It's under a touchdown. They're home against Arizona. Arizona's reeling, and the Cowboys are just on a four-game winning streak. So I'm going to take the Cowboys. I'm going to lay the six and a half points. It's only one, one prop that I really like in this game, and that's CeeDee Lamb, over 64 and a half receiving yards. Right now it's minus 115 on DraftKings. So I'm going to take CeeDee Lamb, over 64 and a half receiving yards, and I'm going to lay the six and a half points with the Cowboys. John, what are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I mean, I would like to go the other way here. Um, you know, we've seen the Cowboys underperform at home. They got destroyed by a Denver Broncos team that turned out to be, you know, not that good about a month ago. But I, with the, the line being less than a touchdown, I just can't do it. Uh, the Cowboys really are, you know, playing too well. I'm a little bit concerned now. <laughs> this could theoretically be their year, loaded with a ton of talent on offense uh, and making big plays on defense. I'm concerned about the Cowboys from an Eagles fan perspective. I don't think that I could take this game. I'm staying away from it. Um, the prop that I was looking at, though, I was taking a look at Ezekiel Elliott. People have been really down on him this year. He hasn't looked as good. He hasn't performed up to snuff. But his rushing props only 53 and a half, I think. And on the year, he's averaging 60 yards a game. Arizona is giving up over 113 yards a game on the ground. Even though the Arizona defense has been pretty good, they haven't been as good against the run. Um, so I could definitely see uh, Elliott getting that 53 and a half number. I take a look at that. I also take a look at the combo. I think it was about 70 and a half or 70, 71 and a half on DraftKings. The last time I took a look at it, he's averaging a combined just over 78 yards a game. So I kind of like the combo at about 70 and a half for, for Zeke and the rushing 53 and a half, both under his season average. Yeah, there's one other prop actually that I was looking at um, just a couple minutes ago, and that's Christian Kirk over 56 and a half receiving yards. Right now, he's actually going to be their number one receiver with DeAndre Hopkins done, um, at least for the regular season, if not for the, the entire season. So Christian Kirk over 56 and a half receiving yards. All right, John, what's your second game? Second game, I'm taking the Kansas City Chiefs traveling to Cincinnati uh, to play the Bengals in a huge game. One o'clock game, AFC showdown. The Chiefs coming in at 11 and four are giving three and a half on the road to the Cincinnati Bengals who come in at nine and six. Uh, last week, the Chiefs destroyed Pittsburgh 36 to 10. They've won eight in a row. Last week, the Bengals, Bengals beat up Baltimore, but without Lamar Jackson, 41 to 21, Joe Burrow went absolutely nuts in that game Threw for like 500 yards through a couple of touchdowns to T Higgins. Um, and the Bengals definitely look like a team that that's on the up and come here. Um, the both teams have a lot to play for the Bengals are, um, you know, working on potentially clinching the AFC North. The Chiefs, on the other hand, are zeroing in on possibly a number one overall seed in the AFC and control their own destiny in that regard. Um, as far as injuries go, not a lot of huge impacts today. Apparently, the Chiefs will be without CEH. The Bengals are still without uh, cornerbacks Jalen Davis and Trey Waynes. They're both out. But overall, injuries don't play a huge role here. Um, one thing from an injuryless perspective that does work out from a chief's perspective, uh, double perspectives is that Travis Kelsey will be back. He missed last week's game after uh, winding up on the COVID list. He is back. Uh, and we're going to get back to him in just a little bit. 
like I said, the Chiefs have won eight in a row right now. Uh, they had a terrible loss to Tennessee earlier in the year. Since then, have won every game they've played by an average, an average of 14.75 points per game. So they're beating teams by 15 points a game now after a rough start. They've really turned things around. Their defense has come on in the last couple of months as well. The Bengals also playing well right now, but I'm not as firm a believer in, in the Bengals quite yet. They're a little Jekyll and Hyde to me. They do have a couple of bad losses on their resume. They lost to the Bears earlier in the year. They had that weird loss to the Jets 34-31 earlier in the year. And then they've had a couple of games where they just got destroyed against Cleveland and then a couple of weeks ago against the Chargers. So uh, while the records are only two games apart as far as one loss goes, the Chiefs to me are a team that, you know, had a rough start to the season and have really come on in the last couple of months. The Bengals to me are a little bit more up and down, more good than bad, but I just don't believe in them that much quite yet. Like I said, huge, huge game. Both teams are going to be up for up for this game, but I like the Chiefs. I mean, I take a look at the trends. The Chiefs are 6-0 and against the spread in their last six. 4-0 against the spread against teams with a winning record. So they're beating everybody, uh, covering the spread against good teams as well as bad. I just think the Chiefs are coming together at the right time. I think Travis Kelsey coming back this week is huge for this team. He is pissed about missing last week's game. He's also pissed about Cincinnati losing to Alabama, apparently. Uh, but so I expect Kelsey to come in and have a big game for the Chiefs. The Chiefs, I believe, are going to be fought uh, firing on all cylinders. And I got to be honest with you, I've seen this point spread fluctuate between three and a half and four and a half recently. I got it at three and a half. I think that's too low. Give me that all day. I'll take the chiefs on the road with a chance to, to careen towards the number one overall seed. I'll lay the three and a half. No problem. Give me the chiefs. couple of props here. Got to start with my man, Travis Kelsey. I've sort of already alluded to this one. He uh, missed last week's game is coming back for this game was tweeting about Cincinnati losing to Alabama. Uh, so he's extremely motivated as if he needs any more motivation. Uh, Cincinnati, on the other hand, they haven't been great against great tight ends. Uh, they played Mark Andrews twice. And he went for 748 for 48 earlier, earlier in the year, excuse me. And then eight for 125 last week. He had a huge game. Um, at the end of November, they played the, the Raiders. Darren Waller went off eight for 116. A couple of weeks ago, they played San Francisco and lost. George Kittle went nuts for 151 receiving yards and a touchdown. Travis Kelsey obviously is in the class with those guys right at the top of the list. Best tight ends in football. You look at Kelsey, Mark Andrews, uh, Kittle, Darren Waller. Kelsey's at the top of that list. Last time I looked, his receiving prop on DraftKings was 73 and a half yards on FanDuel, 71 and a half. I would have taken either of those numbers. Actually, I have taken both of those numbers. I saw the DraftKings number first, pounced on it, then checked FanDuel, saw that it was two yards less, took it again, 50 burgers on each. If you remember last year when the rule was just take the Travis Kelsey prop, whatever it is, every single week, his receiving prop by the end of last year was up around 100 yards. So I'm expecting him to have a huge game today. So give me those props, no problem. Uh, also, Mahomes rushing is something that I always look at. I love quarterback rushing because it's typically a low number. Quarterback gets flushed out of the pocket. If he's got a little bit of wheels, he can get you a prop uh, cover in just one uh, carry. He had, he's had 
a couple of down weeks this year as far as rushing goes. Mahomes has against the Steelers and Vegas. He had no rushing yards, Packers minus two. Nevertheless, even including those horrible games, he's still averaging over 20 yards rushing a game, 20.13. His rushing prop on Fandle was 14 and a half yards this morning. On DraftKings, you get another yard in your favor. It's 13 and a half yards uh, rushing at minus 110. So I'm taking that too. Uh, Patrick Mahomes over on the rushing there. Um, one more thing, going back to Travis Kelsey, like I said, his prop was hovering at 71 and a half to 73 and a half. He's averaging 76 yards a game. So I, I love Travis Kelsey over on receiving, love Mahomes over on rushing. With CEH out, I was looking for either a Daryl Williams or preferably a low number on Derek Gore. There are other two running backs that are expected to use. Couldn't find anything on FanDuel for either one, but keep an eye on that if you're able to hear this podcast uh, and then still check the sites before the games kick off. Check for Derek Gore. Check for uh, Daryl Williams. If you can get anything for Daryl Williams, like less than 40, I think I would take that. Derek Gore, if they ever post anything for him, it might even be a lower number. I'd really love that. If you could get Derek Gore something in the, the 25 to 30 range, I would love that. But overall, I see a Chiefs win. I see a Chiefs cover. So give me the Chiefs laying three and a half. Give me Travis Kelsey over on 71 and a half receiving yards on FanDuel. And give me Patrick Mahomes over on 13 and a half rushing yards on DraftKings. So that's what I think about this game, JT. Yeah, I like the Chiefs in this game too. The only thing I'm concerned about is that half point. Um, and the Bengals are at home. So that's my only concern. Uh, it's kind of like a playoff game for Cincinnati today which is another concern of mine as well. But I think if I had to lean to one on one direction, I'd probably uh, lay the three and a half points with the Chiefs. The prop that I do love is that Kelsey prop. I mean, right now on, on DraftKings, it's 74 and a half minus 105. I'll take the over. He's going to have a huge game, probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 90 to 100 yards receiving. So I love that Travis Kelsey prop as well. Yeah, and now just to throw one more little nugget in here, which I forgot to mention before um, about the Cowboys-Cardinals game is Dallas is 12-3 and three against the spread this year, which is insane that uh, they're that good against the spread. So just keep that in mind, um, you know, if you're considering betting the, the Dallas-Arizona game. All right, so tracks of the week. John, why don't you lead us off? All right, so it's we're heading into a new year. So I wanted to pick something, instead of going digging into my crate for some classics, wanted to, wanted to pick a, a something to take us into the uh, the new year, new year here. If I recall correctly, this was a track that I think you were going to pick for your track of the week a month or so ago, but ended up going in, in a different direction. I'm going to pick it now, uh, and it is uh, Elton John and Dua Lipa, Cold Heart, but the Claptone mix, the Claptone house mix. Obviously a very popular song that's been been out for a couple of months now. But then when you and I were at the Jets game at the, you know, the great tailgate function thrown by your, your, your wife's company, uh, the DJ actually played it. And I was like, wait, what is this? And you're like, this is that Elton John doing Lipa song. And I'm like, oh, I really like this. So as I was kind of going through the Beatport Top 100 earlier this morning, looking for some a new track to bring us into January 2022, uh, I came across this Claptone mix, which is fantastic. Just released, you know, back in October, um, but I'm digging it. And I think it's a great way to start the year. Something new, a little something old too. Elton John on the track as well. But that's my track of the week. Elton John, Dua Lipa, 
Claptone, Cold Heart. I loved when that DJ played that track at the tailgate. I mean, that was that was fantastic. And that's definitely a track that I was considering taking um, a few weeks ago, but good call on taking it this week. So my track of the week is my dog starts barking in the background. Uh, Your dog's gonna you know, Sometimes things never change. And even though we're moving into another year, um, once again, taking a trance track, and one of my favorite DJs, Giuseppe Adebiani, uh, his track, Only a Heartbeat Away, featuring Trisha McTeague on the vocals. And that's my track of the week this week. Closing out week 17 with Wagers Ragers. Listen, may your bets be sharp and your cash be bountiful. We will see you next week for the last week of the season, week 18. We are out. Good luck, guys. Later.